This is a BBP News election update. Alabama residents went to the polls on Tuesday, and the first thing to talk about is the governor's race here. Current Governor Kay Ivey is up for election this year and is running again and made it through the primaries, so that is the Republican candidate. And on the Democratic side, we have a runoff between Yolanda Flowers and Malika Sanders-Fortier, with Flowers currently in the lead. For representatives in District 5 on the Democratic side, we have Kathy Warner-Stanton, and on the Republican side, we have Dale Strong, but that race has not been called at this time. In the Senate for the Richard Shelby replacement, we have on the Democratic side, we have Will Boyd, and on the Republican side, we have a runoff between Katie Britt and Mo Brooks, with Britt currently in the lead. Now moving over to Arkansas, they also voted on Tuesday in the governor's race because their current governor reached their term limit. On the Democratic side, we have Chris Jones, and on the Republican side, we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. For representatives, we have no key races to report here, so moving right into the Senate, we have John Boozman, who is running for his seat again, and he made it through the primaries, so he is the Republican. And on the Democratic side, we have Natalie James. Now moving over to Georgia in the governor's race, Brian Kemp, the current governor, made it through the primary, so he's the Republican candidate. And for the Democratic candidate, we have Stacey Abrams. And for representatives, in District 10, we have a runoff between Tabitha Johnson-Green and Jessica Four. Green is currently in the lead. And on the Republican side, we have a runoff as well between Mike Collins and Vernon Jones, with Collins currently in the lead. In the Senate, Raphael Warnock is running for his seat again and made it through the primaries. He is the Democratic candidate, and he is going up against Republican Herschel Walker. Now we get to our first runoff of the election season, and that is in Texas. In District 1, on the Republican side, we have Nathaniel Moran going up against Jamar Jefferson. In District 30, on the Republican side, we have James Rogers, and on the Democratic side, we have Jasmine Crockett. This has been a BBP News election update. Welcome back to another episode of BBP News. Nick is not here today. It's just me. I can't believe he's letting me fly solo. I can't believe he's trusting me. Hopefully you're in good hands, but a little birdie told me that he will be back later for a good news for this morning because, you know, you can't miss out on good news, especially now. But anyways, getting right into the weather this morning in Los Angeles, California, it is mostly sunny, 69, with a mostly sunny weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is sunny today with a high of 94 degrees. Boy, is that hot. And with a mostly sunny weekend. And in Chicago, Illinois, it is raining, 57, with a mostly sunny weekend. And in New York City, it is scattered thunderstorms today with a high of 78 degrees with a mostly sunny weekend. Well, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, I hope everyone, you know, gets Monday off. They get to enjoy the nice long three-day weekend. I know I will be. I hope you all will be. But just because there's the three-day weekend, we will be back here Monday morning. I know Nick's kicking off his uh, three-day weekend early today. Lucky him. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. I'm not going to lie. But don't 
tell him that I said that because, you know, he'll rub it right in. But, um, yeah, I hope to get out, barbecue, um, you know, the neighbors get together and we have a nice little barbecue, usually Memorial Day weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. It looks like the weather is supposed to be pretty decent. So I hope wherever you are, the weather will also be decent. But we do have some news to get into this Friday morning. Um, as I'm sure you are all aware, there was a school shooting in Uvalde, Texas on Tuesday. And according to Governor Abbott, a gunman opened fire in a classroom, killing 19 children and three other adults. The gunman is dead after police forced their way in, shooting him. And before arriving to the school, the gunman also shot his grandmother. President Biden addressed the country later that night, and it was less than a 10-minute speech, around seven minutes long, and it was a primetime address. In the speech, he was obviously upset and emotional. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done? And even at times, he took a defiant tone. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. The president said the facts about what happened Tuesday were still coming in. And even as I'm recording this, there are still things we have still not learned about the shooting. The president said he was informed of the shooting when he was on his 17-hour flight home from Asia. And he also said he realized what happens in other countries. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost, but these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's time to turn this pain into action. The president also spoke about the pain the families are feeling that lost loved ones that day. Is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So many crushed spirits. So tonight, I ask the nation to pray for them, to give the parents and siblings the strength in the darkness they feel right now. This is the second largest school shooting in the United States history. And just in the last two weeks, we have had two mass shootings, one in Buffalo, New York, and the other in Uvalde, Texas. During the time, many people are looking at what Congress has done and what President Biden can do. Essentially, the president can't do much without Congress, but President Biden has issued executive orders and has been trying to make modest changes within the authority he has. We talked about regulations he is trying to make to ghost guns in early April, and he also issued several government agencies to try and stop the flow of illegal guns across state lines in early February. Then we look at Congress, and no significant gun laws have been passed by both chambers in several years. And at this point, it is unlikely anything can pass with the current makeup of the Senate, more on that on Monday's show. A bill did fail Thursday in the Senate fighting terrorism in the United States, but more on that Monday. And even the ATF has not had a permanent director since 2015. A small detail, but it 
gives a good point at where the gun control argument is currently in the Senate. And you might be wondering why that is. It's because no president has been able to get one approved through the Senate. And that's how it's worked how it works when you want to get someone approved. It has to go through the Senate for approval. And also, side note, the Supreme Court is going to be issuing a ruling whether or not state or local governments can put restrictions on concealed weapons and carry outside their home. According to the FBI, they just released a new report earlier this week days before the mass shooting in Texas, and mass shootings in the U.S. has increased more than 58% from last year. The FBI has a very strict criteria of what they can define as a mass shooting and what is not. It has to be an event in a public place in more than one location where the shooter's actions are the result of another criminal's act resulting in mass killing, where the shooter was focused on killing as many people as they can, and aiming for people, not buildings or objects. According to the FBI, in 2021, 61 shootings met that horrific criteria, and that is more than 50% over 2020 and nearly 97% more than 2017. All but one of the active shooters were male, and 18 were between the ages of 25 to 34 years old, two wore body armor, 11 committed suicide, 14 were killed by law enforcement, four were killed by citizens, 30 were taken into custody, and sadly, 103 people were killed, and 140 additional people were wounded as a result. The month with the most active shooters were June, and Saturday was the most common day. The most common time period was between noon and 5.59 p.m. And the states with the most active shooting incidents were California with six mass shootings and Texas and Georgia were both tied with five. And the most common location was business environments where they were open to pedestrian traffic. The report did not give any specific reasons on why this is happening or why it has gone up, but it did conclude by saying the FBI remains dedicated to assisting all federal and state in active shooter prevention, along with training private citizens on the risks and resources out there. Getting into rapid news, an appeals court Thursday rejected an effort by former President Donald Trump and his two children, Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump, to avoid being deposed as part of a civil fraud investigation conducted by the New York Attorney General's office. And federal regulators slapped Twitter with a $150 million fine for allegedly misleading users about how it used their personal data. Nick, what do you have for this Friday morning good news? All right, so for our good news story this morning, I have just something that's really cool. Uh, This is a really neat story, in my opinion. It's a little different from what we usually have on here, so, you know, I figured I had to throw this one out there. It it, it put a smile on my face, so enough beating around the bushes. Let's just get right into it. Um, The story today is about a 70-year-old woman, Rita Collins, who actually drives a van across country but doesn't just drive it she actually drives a portable bookstore not even joking she drives this van across the country to all different states she's been to 30 states at this point and back and forth across the country three times and it's just filled with books it is a bookstore on wheels 
And she just goes around to all different cities and all different states to different book fairs and book events. And, you know, just will go to different places in these different cities and states and just sell these books and share her love for books and her love for socializing with people. And she'll share all that uh, through this portable bookstore. She had originally gotten in touch with a mechanic just asking like, hey, I want something that's simple, something that's, you know, large and can hold a lot of uh, a lot of books. It has a lot of space um, for lower costs and stuff. And originally they didn't think they were going to find anything, but the mechanic called back like a week later and was like, Hey, so we have something for you. Um, so then she worked with an architect. She worked with a graphic designer to get the logo, uh, fashioned and the shelves put in. And so yeah, floor to ceiling, all filled with books. And they even designed it, uh, so that everything sits at a slight angle, a 15 degree angle so that the books don't, uh, fall when she's driving. Uh, you know, if you sit them perfectly upright, chances are they're going to fall. And so they have them set at an angle. So she planned this whole thing out, like detail for detail, made it a little business. And she, she even says herself, like she's not a business woman, but, uh, she believes that, someone really could turn into a, uh, turn this into a business. And she says she loves the experience. You know, she carries about 600 books, uh, fully stocked and she'll just go to all these different events. And she has gotten the chance to work with a lot of different people and meet a lot of different people. And, uh, even had a couple really, really interesting coincidences. At one point, someone bought out almost her entire stock, and she was on her way to another event, called the people setting up the event, told them that she was basically out of books, and then not too long after that, she ran into a book club uh, where a lot of the members brought literal bags of books, and she was able to completely restock her supply so just some cool, uh, you know, experiences, a lot of socializing with different people throughout this journey. Overall, this is just a really cool story in my book because it, to think that someone would do this, you know, just in general is insane. And not only that, she is 70 years old. Now, I can only imagine, you know, but from what I know, a lot of 70-year-olds don't want to spend all their time driving across country just like in a car or, you know, a van or whatever for hours upon hours at a time. Um, but she says she absolutely loves this. She loves what she does. And it's interesting because she actually wants to find a business partner who can take over the operation when she is, you know, unable to do it any longer. So just a really really neat story definitely not something you hear every day so uh, this is something i absolutely love nick that is an awesome good news story you always come through with the best good news stories thank you you know we, we need good news right now as much as we can get that is the end of this friday morning news episode we will be back here sunday morning with what to expect in the upcoming week and then monday morning memorial day we will also have a news episode for all of you to catch you up on all the other news that has gone on this week and throughout the weekend. Until then, have a great long weekend, everybody.